Okay, recording now. Nine nil records are smashed by Leicester. It's the FPL surgery podcast. Okay, welcome back, listeners. Fresh off a weekend in which Leicester City rewrote the record books. If the uh, charge towards the title a couple of years ago wasn't enough, they've gone and done it with a fantastic 9-0 victory against Saints, which we'll be digging into on this podcast. We are coming to you on the 29th of October 2019, and welcoming back the Iceman. Thank you very much, Billy. Nice to have you back on the pod. Thank you very much, sir. Good to be here. Yeah, I mean... uh, the last time uh, listeners heard you, you were speaking to a prince. I was, yes. A bit surreal. It was a very interesting podcast. Got a lot of good feedback from that. So really enjoyed going up there. And thank you to the prince, if he is listening, for having me in the director's box and watching the Arsenal-Sheffield game. It was really enjoyable, even though we lost. Yeah, not such a good game for you to uh, to go along to. But yeah, fantastic opportunity and uh, Brilliant that they uh, supported the podcast with that. For those of you that haven't uh, had a listen yet, even if it's not about this game week, it's worth listening to what the Prince had to say. Tune in to that. But what better way to follow up the Prince than with a top FPL guest? He has an FPL record of three top 10k finishes, the highest being 1,723rd. He runs the very popular Moolah, uh, the biggest cash league in FPL. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Jamie Ellis. Thank you very much, boys. feel like a bit of a downgrade after you had the uh, Princeton <laughs> last week, but no, fantastic. No, uh, no, you're Captain Seed, you know this. Yeah. Exactly. But fantastic pod last week, boys. I, was, I, was, I really, really, really enjoyed that. Fascinating uh, insight, that. Really yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah. And looking forward to being back on uh, today. Yeah, nice to have you, mate. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, Jamie, how have you been getting on this season so far? Some of our our regular guests who've done well in seasons past have struggled a little bit. So how have you been faring? I'm going to ask that, boys. Uh, yeah, um, how do I say this uh, without swearing? Pretty badly, to be honest. I've had a shocking start. I've had the worst start I can remember. Just everything I've done has not gone right. So um, I'm hoping being on today is going to be a turning point in my in my season and um, I can kick on from there, but not being a good start at all. Currently ranked, say it quietly, Three million. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Appreciate the the honesty there, Jamie. I mean, it's uh, I think that's been the case for a lot of managers this season, um, particularly high profile managers, just just struggling a little bit. We had a discussion before about FPL getting harder. What's your opinion on that? Yeah, I think it is getting harder, but I mean, I, I don't think I've helped myself. Particularly, my captain's picks have been awful this week, and normally that's quite a strength of mine. I just yeah. haven't been getting those right. I think it is. I think get, getting that overall rank is harder, but I, I take some responsibility in my poor start because I've, I've made some bad. I popped off players at the wrong time and hopped on players at the wrong time. All the kind of classic mistakes, all kind of bunched up in one. But um, it's a long haul, isn't it? So. Uh, yeah, yeah, long long way to go. Let's be, let's be optimistic and positive. Yeah, yeah, got to stay in there with it. It's a it's it's a long haul. It's not a sprint. So let's see where we are in a few months' time. First of all, chaps, the FPL headlines. No surprising this first one. Do we need all three, uh, or do we all need three Leicester players in our teams now? If so, which ones? Our Man United assets go to options again, the likes of James Martial and Rashford. Is it time to jump off Kun or give him another week? Could the tide be turning with VAR? And number five is play your own game. Let's have a quick discussion about how we got on in our game weeks. First of all, Jamie, how did you fare? Um, poorly, boys. You won't be surprised by some what I told you before. Yeah, um, <laughs> 44 with yeah. a minus four and uh, over half, well, over half those points put from the Friday night game. So it went all all downhill from them, really. Yeah, another another poor game week, unfortunately. How about you, boys? Jim, do you want to go first? Yeah, can do. I am Mr. Average this year. I mean, like, if you didn't have any Leicester players other than, well, if you did have any Leicester players other than Indeed, you probably have done semi well apart from you by the sounds of it Jamie I mean I, I didn't have any less players in my starting 11 you know I thought Saints would get a goal or something and I thought they would do something against them it turns out they did nothing and yeah Ings has been in form lately so I didn't actually start see on you 50 points one above average so Mr. Average is continuing to be Mr. Average this year I'm not fretting because again I'm still I'm, I'm not hating my team like there's not loads of players I 
still got my wild card and I don't really need to use it. I've got two chances this week so I can kind of fix some things, but I haven't got a great rank at the moment, but I just still believe that one good game week could be possible and that can send you up quite a lot. I've heard people go from one and a half million all the way up to like 100,000 just from a good game week. So a lot can change at the moment. It can fluctuate really easily. Yeah. Speaking of a good game week, I was just checking out the person who top scored this week. Four of their players starting got five points or less. So that gives you some idea of how well you would score this week, just having an abundance of Leicester players. Um, I was uh, bang on the average this week, which I was actually quite happy about at the end. I think Iceman, after Saturday, I text you saying, if I can just get to 50 points, I'll be happy with that. Um, I got 49, bang on the average in the end. The City midfielders, Salah, Sionu and Mount did the job for me. Um, I failed on Aguero. He wasn't my captain, but he didn't get anything. And it's Really, at the moment, it's a huge amount of money for him because it's preventing me from getting some Leicester players or other assets into the team. But we'll delve into that later on. City, of course, playing tonight, so that will inform our discussion. Yeah, Aguero has played a full 90 minutes tonight as well. Yeah, yeah so. I, no- I noticed Jesus got a start as well, didn't he? He did, uh, but he did come off at 87 minutes. Pointless. Why did he not bring off Aguero? I've, we'll discuss that more. I'll come to the headlines. We'll talk about it. We will. So we'll be digging into all of that. Uh, let's talk about the support for the podcast through Patreon. So patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery. You know, the ongoing support has been absolutely fantastic. We've got new patrons this week. Richard D joined at the Slack level. Thank you, Richard. And Vince Poyle and Ron Frost are continuing to support us at the highest level on Patreon. So thank you both. That's so generous. You continue to back and support the podcast with your generosity thank you and to all of our podcast listeners and patreon followers if you want to get involved with patreon as i said about the address you can get involved in our slack channel the extra competitions and prizes we're dishing out on there and also some exclusive podcasts that we only do for our our followers on patreon so thank you for supporting the podcast it does go a long way to helping us to do what we do best it does and more prizes sent out every week so many prizes the Iceman is backwards and forwards to the post office like anyone's business yeah they love me in there now they really do okay let's get into the headlines uh, do we all need three Leicester players in our teams now if so which ones and uh, M. Bison regular questioner has said is Perez about to go on one of his goal scoring <coughs> runs Jamie, this is um, this is interesting because Perez hasn't particularly appealed to me. Of course, he then gets three goals at the weekend, and we know he's a very streaky player. Newcastle, uh, his history there, certainly towards the back end of seasons, goes before him. What's your view on the Leicester situation? If you were picking three players, who would you be going for? Uh, yeah, I, I realise I've been saying uh, the, the uh, centre-back's name wrongly all this time now, boys, but there's uh, too, too many accents on his name. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, for me, as I said, I had Vardy early, then made the mistake of getting rid of him. I think Vardy's an absolute must for the for the next few weeks. He looks so sharp, doesn't he, at the moment? And then I think what I would probably be thinking is which midfielder would I want and then which defender would I want? So kind of a choice between Madison or Tillemans. I think Tillemans scored again today in the Carabao, didn't he? Yeah. But also really like the look of Harvey Barnes. I think he's, I mean, just passing the eye test, he looks an absolute quality kind of throwback winger, doesn't he? Really, really good player. So um, I, at the moment, I probably would go for Tillemans as my midfielder and I'd go for for Chilwell. Um, okay. if, I was, if I was building a team from scratch, I'd go for Chilwell. He's a bit cheaper than Pereira and I don't think they're going to, be massively different in terms of points over the uh, course of the season. But I'm massively impressed with, with Leicester. There's so many options from that team, isn't there? I suppose the problem is with Barnes is that he, he you know, he always comes off. He always gets subs. It's his minutes, yeah. which is a worry. And he's only got the one goal so far this season. He is racking up the assists. I think he's got five so far. But yeah, just doesn't play enough for me. So I just wouldn't want to go near uh, near him. Going back to Vardy, I mean, everyone is desperate to get Vardy in by the sounds of it. I found out just as a counter argument, just because I was looking for something, because I don't actually think I'll be bringing him in this week, but he has scored five of his goals you know, against teams with only 10 men. And all of his goals he seems to be scoring against weaker teams, and they do have good fixtures. So all the writing on the wall was to say, bring in Vardy. Really, yeah, XG, XG crew have been out in force. So. 
Yeah, the 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 XG is just it ha- hasn't been great outside of those games against ten men. Like they they've been outperforming their XG all season. I mean, like if you're a great lover of XG, then maybe don't go near. But if you're not and you don't really care, they seem to be in form. They have good fixtures. Vardy is the key man though. He's on penalties. You know, full of confidence now. He's got over that um <laughs> that little spat between his wife and Wayne Rooney's wife. Actually, felt like it. You know, made him play better. He is one of these people who just likes to spite people. So, uh, you know, shows he is full of confidence. He's got... He's also, boys, a top quality player. You know, I think he often yeah. gets just how good Vardy is. I mean, his, his conversion rate and his record against the top six is amazing, isn't it? He's so. got a great goal conversion, isn't he? When, he? when he shoots more than... You know, you'll probably bet on him scoring more than the likes of maybe even Aubameyang. And I'm right. looking at... Palace, Arsenal, Birmingham, Watford in the next five, you know, it's, it's looking decent for me. I think I think it's the next three. I mean, maybe Arsenal at home, you could probably say, is an easy game. But the next three, I'll be a little bit more hesitant. Palace away at home. Palace are a good team. Yeah. And they didn't actually give up much against Arsenal at the weekend either. It was just those two uh, corners. Mm. Yeah, then you've got Arsenal at home. Arsenal can play well sometimes. Brighton away again. So Brighton at home, a very solid team. So it's the next three that I'm not that keen on. So I'm not desperate to get him. This Palace game for Leicester, I think, is one that we maybe need to look at as like a, a tester for seeing how yeah. well Leicester are doing because yeah they've scored well against 10 men continuously and they only just beat Burnley 2-1 they lost to Liverpool that yeah Tottenham Man United and Chelsea didn't really get much of that but yeah this Palace game is kind of a tester for me I mean like 9-0 won't happen every week yeah, they were very clinical from scoring. I think it was 16 attempts in the box they had. Going back to Mark's question. So he, he's asked about Perez, isn't he? I mean, like everyone, kind of, a lot of people had him at the start of the season and he kind of flopped for us. Did well in this game. Obviously, he got the hat trick. He had seven attempts on goal, but he's only had 13 attempts over the whole season. So you really have to be hopeful that he's just going to suddenly go on one of those runs, like he says. Maybe he's been through the you know adaptation period where he's going to settle into the squad now we don't really have definitive proof for this so do we don't see consistent returns he could be going on one of these runs but you know like he did at the end of last season but if he doesn't and he flops then you've probably got another transfer down the line I mean I suppose you could say about anyone really but he doesn't always get the 90 minutes as well a bit like Barnes is not always playing I, I think you need a few more good performances from him I don't think there's any rush to bring him in yeah you know, if you want to chance it yeah I won't tell you that you're wrong but I will wait until proven to tell you that you're right if you know what I mean that's the risk you take I mean basically but that Southampton performance there was easy goals for anyone there really wasn't it I think no, you want to terrible think, yeah you want to see a bit more and for me Vardy I know what you're saying Palace is a hard game but he's much more um tried and trusted isn't he than uh, Perez in that system isn't he so I'd, yeah. I'd get him for now. I, I think if, if you're able to bring him in then yeah then bring him in I am able to bring him in this week but I'm I'm actually looking at other moves because I want other players more but he is in consideration for me still though Oh, <laughs> lovely. Someone's got a text. Um, okay, so uh, it sounds like we're thinking Chilwell, Vardy certainly got the got the eye of most people and then just take your pick on a midfielder from Leicester, really. Yeah, go, going on, I mean, we, we didn't really discuss, I think we should discuss probably more Madison as well. Goal he, tonight. He, yeah, he got goal tonight. He did get the goal eventually in the Saints game. I mean, like, what it, a free it, kick that was. Yeah, but it, he wasn't really involved as much. I mean, like, it, it was on seven goals in. Yeah. And no returns from him. You're looking at that and you're thinking, God, how have I not got anything from him if you've got him in your team? I mean, like, he scored the free kick to save things, but he was playing a little bit deeper than Tillemans as well. And Tillemans, yeah, looks a great player. He kind of reminds me of Ramsey Tillemans. Just yeah. kind of, just kind of a better player. Yeah. In this team, which are playing well, I think that he's probably the man to bring him. I was going to shout him on the last pod, actually, but didn't actually get around to talking about Leicester. But is it time to bring him in? He seems to have like consistent returns and he gets 90 minutes of every game and some stats, which I actually found out before tonight's game. So he did get an assist and a goal against Burton tonight as well, but he, he's on like seven goals and eight assists in 25 games. That's pretty good ratio at 6.5 it's a pretty good price to, to bring him in and yeah like another Ramsey type player he could go on a, an amazing run and against these with these good fixtures I'm seeing big points from him 
Okay, so let's move on to our second headline. Uh, our Man United assets go to options again. I guess similar price bracket to the Leicester players we've been talking about, the likes of Martial's or Rashford's. Some questions on this. Uh, an NT abroad with Martial back and Rashford coming into form for club and country. Is it time to jump on one of these two? Their fixtures look really good. Birdman is a sideways move from James to Martial or Rashford worth considering. Scouse Mouse, what are the best United assets? I picked up James last week. Can't see much else that's reliable enough. And Lord John Snow has said, is it time to shift from City assets to United and Liverpool assets looking at the form? So, um, Jamie, what do you think about United's assets? Ah, it's a tricky one with United. I think Dan James is good value, isn't he? Six six point one. I mean, I was looking at his halls. He, he hasn't tended to get above six or seven points, has he? But I think he is good value in that bracket with those um, fixtures coming up. Rashford. Any the thing is with Rashford, he's one of those players. Any time I bring him in, he does nothing for me. So <laughs> I'm kind of a bit biased against. It. I think Martial is good value. I mean, I don't have any of them at the moment, and I think if I was going to bring one in. It would be Martial. I don't know what the pen situation is at the moment because they they both missed at the weekend, didn't they? Martial and and Rashford. But for me, I think Martial's probably slightly better value for money and a bit more of a differential. But uh, I also think James is really good value for money as well. Yeah, I think they both could play Rashford and Martial at the moment. I mean, they seem to be linking quite well together now, yeah. don't they? I mean, like they were playing Norwich, weren't they? So yeah. you're not expecting anything else than you know goals, goals, goals. But they could have scored five if they got those two penalties as well. Yeah, like you say, I don't know who's on penalties. Between Martial, I mean, answering an entity abroad, if you're looking at Martial or Rashford, which <clears throat> I've actually got the decision myself this week, yeah, the stats are actually quite similar. I did a comparison on FS Scout on like the average each player gets per game. And there really isn't that much difference between the two. So it depends where you've got the money. Uh, you're looking at the value because he's cheaper, Martial. He's also out of position playing up front. He also plays a little bit further forward than Rashford I looked at the positional stats for just the last game Martial just seems to be a little bit further forward in the middle Rashford seems to be on the left slightly uh yeah Rashford actually edges the, sl- the stats slightly six key stats to five but no I was going to say I, was, I think it was on match today of the United when Martial are playing their team stats are so much better aren't they their win record is so much better with Martial I think he's mm. such a quality player. Yeah, I've actually got that in front of me. Um, Marshall's impact starting 13 games, they get 10 wins. Not starting 18 games, they only get 5 wins. So yeah, it's quite different. They just they just play well with him. Uh, United got good fixtures now. It's whether or not you know you think United have turned a corner due to playing a woeful Norwich, where they you know again should have scored five. I mean, managers jumped on United at the start of the season, and it kind of failed somewhat a few game weeks later. Whether or not that's going to happen again, I know Martial did get injured. Maybe that was in conjunction with them not playing as well. But mentioned on our Slack entity abroad, actually mentioned Martial has played six times this season in the uh, Premier League and the Champions League and he scored four goals and one assist uh, he's actually returned points in every Premier League game except the Liverpool game where he, where he only got six minutes so if he is fit he kind of scores points and they've got good fixtures he's playing in the number nine position for a likely top six side he's underpriced listed as a midfielder that's why I think that the gods of FPL actually held his price at 7.5. They didn't want to go any lower, I don't think. Whereas I actually think that other players would have gone down a little bit further because he was sold by a lot of managers. He's nailed on. He's a good buy for me. Regardless of whether you think that United are going to do well or not, I think that Martial is definitely a good buy. Yeah. Okay, so we've got some uh, more questions. Uh, Let's look at Birdman's one about the sideways move from James to Martial or Rashford, Jamie. Do you have any thoughts on that? I think, uh, as I alluded to before, Martial is worth the extra 1.5 for Dan James. So, yeah, depending on where you've got money and what you need to move around in your team, I think he will represent that value. I think James is good value for money, but for me, Martial is that is a standout pick of those United attackers. Yeah, uh, I agree with that as well. Yeah, James it doesn't get loads of attempts. He seems to score worldies. He's on 16 attempts for the season. Not terrible, but yeah, I, I, I would definitely move to Martial. I just see more points potential. He's playing out of position. 
Okay. And let's think of it. So Scouse Mouse has said, what are the best United assets? So other than the ones we talked about, is there anyone else in that United side that you're looking at? I think it would just be between Martial and Rashford for me. Uh, maybe Maguire uh, at the back. They still have got really good defensive stats. And, you know, their fixtures coming up are pretty good. United, I, I wouldn't look at Harry Maguire, to be honest. I think there's better value to be to be had there. But I'm just looking how they got. Uh, Bournemouth, who Bournemouth have been fairly tight lately, haven't they? But they haven't scored many. Uh, then they got Brighton, Villa. So yeah, attacking wise, yeah, I, I'd say so. I suppose if you were going to get a defender in, it would probably be Maguire or Wambasaka. But I wouldn't be hurrying to bring in any United defenders, especially. Yeah, just because they haven't proven it throughout the season. But I just, I do see a lot of hope there. Like if I had the money just to go to Wambasaka. I, yeah, that is a potential, like with Bournemouth, Brighton, Sheffield and Aston Villa next. Yeah, I see a lot of points there. So what about the inform Marcus Rashford then, Iceman? Any thoughts on him? Yeah, I, like I was saying earlier with, with Marshall, I do think out of the two, I'd probably go Marshall. It is kind of close though. I do think he's kind of going under the radar type player, Rashford. 11 attempts in the last four, only two behind Abraham and equal with Vardy. He's fifth for strikers actually on the season for attempts. Yeah, he does connect well with Marshall and they do play well together. He needed that player to kind of play off, I think. You know, someone with the same wavelength as him. He was being criticised by a lot of pundits that he's, he's not an out-and-out centre-forward. But maybe he isn't that and maybe he needs a decent player to play alongside him. I mean, if you look at the total points for all players, he's 11th. Nine points in the last two. Again, confidence will be high. I think he, he's a good pick at the moment. But again, you're relying on United continuing that form they did show against Norwich. I just think that with Martial back, it's kind of a impetus for them to do well. And it's just a new lease of life to the team, which I think they've needed. Rashford, as I said, I'm, I'm kind of um, disposed against Rashford. But yeah, I mean, with those fixtures, it's a toss up, isn't it? Between Martial and Rashford. And I guess it depends who you can slot into your side. Yeah. Uh, I could definitely see Rashford scoring two or three goals in the next four games, but he could easily blank as well. For me, between the two, Martial, but it wouldn't surprise me if Rashford did do well in those three or four games. Yeah, see, I've got the option of either going Rashford or Martial this week. I'm slightly torn between it, but because of the outposition by, by Martial, I think I'm going to go him. Yeah, I'll go for that. Moving on to this one. So, is it time to jump off Kun or give him another week? Lee Thompson, what do we do about Aguero? Now, this is interesting because there's, you know, that there's the United the assets that you just spoke about. We've just waxed lyrical over Vardy. Aguero's played 90 minutes tonight, but it's only three more than the man that's been replacing him of late, Jesus. So, the question is, is it time to move on from Kun? Or can we ignore the fact he's playing against the Saints team at the weekend that have just shipped nine goals? Yeah, I mean, I, I've, well, I was going to try not to swear there. Um, <laughs> you can swear if you want to. I've done a few times Aguero uh, this season, but if you've got him, I don't think you can get rid of him before the Southampton game. I mean, he scored two goals tonight. I know he's played 90 minutes, but for me, he's still the best finisher in that side. Jesus has got lots of qualities, but... You know, I, I, I think if you've got Aguero, you can't ditch him before the Southampton game. I think my plan is I'll probably pin him off after that. But um, I wouldn't captain him because I've been stung by that. But um, there's no, I wouldn't drop him before the Southampton game if I've already had him. Yeah, I, I think I'm in the same boat. I mean, I think you just need to give him one more game. You've got to look at how much you would kick yourself if he starts and you've sold him. Compare that with if he doesn't start and then gets like a one point now. How much will you kick yourself? Look at either end of those scales. Will Jesus start for the third game in a row within seven days? I don't think that Pep's going to do that. You know, Jesus started in, in the weekend, just gone. He started tonight. Uh, granted, he came off at 87 minutes, but he's more or less played the whole game. I don't think he's going to start the weekend. Aguero should be rested because he's had two weeks off now. I think he'll play. And I'm just well, sorry, boys. I've just watched his two goals, two like six yards, classic strikers. Oh, yeah. For me, 
he's still better at that than Jesus. He's still the classic. Yeah, I, I definitely think he's, he's a better player. The fixtures do get tougher after this game for City. So if just leaving this one game and then look at taking them out maybe because points per 90, Aguero is actually third overall for points per 90. And he's played the most and he's actually behind Gineppo and Mousset, like who have not played that much. So he's actually... If you think about it, he's top for regular playing players. So when he does get minutes, he does get points. And I would be really hopeful to captain him this weekend. I know the people that have had him. Uh, we've had a few in our oh, slack. So. I, can't, I can't captain him again. But I, think, <laughs> yeah. I think I'll play a bit safe. But he'll, I think he could haul this week. Even even if he didn't start, I'd fancy him to haul against Southampton. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, I think uh, that that's the decision I've got to make for this week. But I think I'm going to stick to Aguero. See about a captain pick. Okay, so let's move on to our next headline. Could the tide be turning with VAR? Certainly the talk of the weekend, some controversial decisions being made. Jay Ross has asked, could the tide be turning with VAR and penalties being rewarded? Uh, It gave two penalties in two separate matches. Uh, the ones for Connolly and Dan James for offences that seemed like less clear and obvious errors than we've seen in prior game week. So VAR, is the tide turning, Jamie? I, I, your guess on VAR is as good as mine. They seem to go from one, one extreme to the other, don't they? Um, yeah, that's what's happened now, isn't it? This week. Yeah, I don't know if that's a trend or if it's something, or, or if they'll go back the other way. It was interesting, wasn't it? I mean, I actually thought the um, keen on Connolly. I thought that was a penalty. I thought he stamped on his on his. <laughs> yeah, I know I'm in the minority there, but um, I, I think it was. But then we had the ludicrous one the other way, didn't we, at the, at the Emirates with the Callum Chambers one? I mean, I don't know where they got that, that decision from. So I think, be, I think, yeah, possibly. I think we are going to see more penalties awarded over the next few weeks, but then it could go, go back again. I don't know where we are with it at the moment. It's, I was really looking forward to VAR, and it's just, uh, it's not being, I think it could be a good thing, but it's not being implemented properly at the moment isn't it it's not but problems like this have happened in the likes of italy and germany like so it's kind of expected i think we're a bit naive as a as a whole country to just assume that var is just going to come in and be like brand spanking and brilliant and working completely we've got the people behind it getting it wrong var isn't wrong it's the people behind it not implementing it correctly i mean i looked at the incidents um i thought i'd do a little bit of research on on this particular question because var could be a big thing for fpl as we mentioned it like with penalties being awarded i mean looks at the incidents this weekend a lot of decisions turned over in terms of lots of hudson adoy far overturned penalty we had zaha being fouled for the powers penalty i did think that was a foul as well uh you know the arsenal goal at the end of the game with like you mentioned jamie with chambers man united penalty on daniel james Brighton penalty where he touched his foot, which I don't think was clear and obvious, Jamie, but you might think differently. Uh, so it's speculative. Yep. There was a Mane penalty, which um, got awarded. You know, there's a, probably a few others. I think there was a, South, you know, the Southampton red cards as well. There, there's been a few and there's been a few turnovers as well. So will there be more penalties in the game? Yeah, there might be now. Before this week's VAR, was very light on all the decisions. I think they the Ooh. bar for VAR started really high, and this week they've kind of changed things, haven't they? And the it's kind of a big jump from VAR kind of going wrong. Then they've gone to the extreme to put it right, overturning decisions. I listened to a podcast which Stefan Hogsrad posted to me. Uh, Bobby Madley was on there, and he was talking. It was on a Norwegian podcast, and it was very interesting. He was just saying how it happened this week. So he believes there must have been a chap from the FA to actually change things yeah. and they've changed VAR to only VAR are taking control of like the refs aren't going to the screens at all like that's not happening over here that's one of the big differences from our VAR here and the likes of Germany and Italy etc the refs don't go see the screens themselves I mean the oh. FA so go on, mate yeah I was going to say very hipster of you listening to Norwegian podcast <laughs> I'm off to Norway this weekend looking to get a bit seedy actually but um, oh, oh nice <laughs> I was I was listening to Michael Cox actually on the um, Totally Football Show podcast, and yeah. I think the same thing. I don't see how going over to those screens is going to improve the process. I, I actually find it looks a little bit Mickey Mouse when you see those referees running over to those little screens. Sure, surely they've got the technology 
at um, Stockley Park at the VA. Those guys should be able to get that right, shouldn't they? I mean, I don't, I don't really see getting a referee to look at something that is already judged again as being any better than a load of people with video equipment being able to do it. I don't really see what the difference is. Yeah, there. I suppose we're going into more of the, the VAR chat, which is kind of veering away from, from FPL. But yeah, Going back to FPL, sorry, <laughs> I think we are going to see over the next few weeks more more penalties because I think that they've, they've definitely, there's definitely been a, a seat change. Um, whether that's reflected over the course of the season or it might level itself out again, possibly. But yeah, I think over the next few weeks, People like Milivojevic, for example. And Vardy. Uh, yeah, I th- yeah, exactly. My own Vardy. I, th- yeah. I think we could see a rash of penalties, yeah. Yeah, and hopefully Aubameyang. Yeah. And Mo- Mope was on them for... I don't know if it's a re- is Gross a regular t- taker there, but um, he he's, he could be good against Norwich this weekend, couldn't he? Couldn't yeah. yeah, true. Okay, and that uh, leads us into our next headline, which is to play your own game. Okay, so Ems asked us, how do we avoid groupthink and should we? In a game where so many of our players are template, it's hard not to be influenced by those around you. Jamie, how do you deal with this? Uh, stay off social media. <laughs> I think that's a big... Yeah, I, th- I think for me, and to be honest, I have been playing my own game this season. It hasn't gone particularly far. But I do find some of that Twitter echo chamber a little bit annoying sometimes and um you know listening to so-called experts i don't think it, it gets you gets you very far and we're going to get into that stage of the season where the teams have become quite templatey i'm looking at some teams are, i know that are doing well this season and they are guys who've been doing their own thing their teams are quite different to uh, other teams for me the biggest one is social media i think if you often you've got something in your own mind not me especially but people i know and then they kind of get talked out of it by seeing something that they've read on, on Twitter. So, you know, I, th- I think of avoiding that social media. And also, I find that um, a little bit irritating that as much as I like James Richardson, that, that new FPL tips and, this, you know, they're, kind of, they're, they're leading you down a template a lot of the time with that as well, I think. Um, I think it's leading to a lot of template teams. So I think you've just got to look at things on your own back and particularly avoid the... Uh... There are some great people on Twitter, yourselves included, boys, but... Um, I think some some people are too led by what those FPL crew tell yeah. them to do. Yeah, I think I think you're all right. I mean, but I mean, if you're looking at the template, what what is the template? I think it's close to actually the top point scorer. I mean, look at the template at the moment. You probably have Vardy in it. You probably have De Bruyne, Sterling. You know, the likes of Mane or Salah, even Aguero, Abraham, potentially. David Silva, he's probably not as template. Pookie's in there. These are the point scorers. These are all in the top 10. That's probably why they are, but they've been scoring points at like different times of the season. So you've just got to have them at the right time, haven't you? I mean, like, if you look at Aguero's first six games, you wanted him for them. KDB's first seven. Mane, yeah, he's only had three double-digit returns, but he's done well. Look at Sterling's first three games and the last four games that he's played. That's when you want him. Maybe if you removed him, then brought him back in. Like, I'm not saying it's to go off on, on of these premiums, but I do think that all of these players that are in the template are still good players to have. Like you say, Jamie, the the managers which have had you know, different teams are doing well. Almost makes you want to follow suit. There are loads of good managers at the moment who haven't had a good start. So many more people that are more engaged with FPL now. So yeah, it is getting harder, as we've said before. I still believe in just kind of playing your own game and adapt to things as they change in the game. Not everything in FPL is like binary, is it? It's not black and yeah. white, so it's not easy to just go between the two styles. I was just looking, boys, actually, at the guy who's top of Moolah's, a Swiss fellow called uh, Jonas. That's not, not got a particularly amazing track record, but... Captain David Silver at the weekend, you know, a little bit different, probably not the most popular city. <sighs> that pick. flick, that flick, he got those points. <laughs> yeah, well, and he's got Lascelles in there as well, who's a bit of a... So again, it's not not particularly a template team. I, I was gutted about that, but the giveaway for that was you could actually hear it clip his foot on the um, yeah. like a stump mic, couldn't you, as it, as it went past. So I think that was the right decision. How the, the way that they got to it was bizarre, but I think that was actually Sil- Silver's goal. But yeah, I think, um, you know, maybe stick to kind of a broad temp, but just have those three or four different players in so it doesn't become too templating. I'm, I'm just going, well, I mean, for me, for example, I'm just going for the players which I believe are scoring well. I'm not doing great. You know, there, there are different 
thought processes between managers. Like I was saying, with yeah, you've got to adapt to how things change. I mean, you look at, for example, when people saw that Hazard was leaving Chelsea, you know, they saw it as a, a window for the likes of Willian, who's doing well, or Mount, who's doing well. But some people looked at it as Chelsea is a no-go because Hazard's not there, so they're not going to produce. Now that we know that they are, predicting that you know, hasn't been easy. So things kind of change with time. Like, for example, as well, the year before last year, wouldn't have had like multiple attacking fullbacks but the likes of TAA Robertson Pereira Chilwell you know, these are high scoring players now and the game has changed the game of football has changed so you've got to adapt to that as well normally you don't see so many mid price players scoring high like they have been this season like Mount Marshall Tillemans Abraham McGinn even Pookie at the start of the season you know, you haven't had all these enablers to make sure you've had the right premiums, which I was talking about as well. So there are lots of factors to it and it's not simple. I don't think, I'm not going to change the way I'm playing now. I am going to still stick to what I know and going for the players which I believe. I'm not just going to change it up and go differential just for the sake of it. I, I think that having all of the players which I've got is a differential in itself, having the likes of Mount Abraham and Sterling and KDB. I don't think loads of players have got that. I know a lot of players may have those players individually, but having all of them at once, I'm not sure of the percentage of that. I don't think that's majorly high. So I think just stick to what you're doing. Don't change too much of your process. If you change too much, you might go chasing differentials, which just goes down the wrong hole. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Emma has also asked for everyone who is having a rough season, how can we cheer them on to better days, especially with the mini league or Patreon communities? Any thoughts or ideas? Stay positive. Negativity is not good in life and in FPL. Just continue to think positively. Look at the players. And what is the thought process of looking for those players, which I enjoy the most. I enjoy looking into who might be the, the better pick this week and who is potential for the upcoming game weeks. Enjoy that part of it. And Bernard Knows Nido actually said on our Slack about how he doesn't even look at his rank. He's not doing too good at the moment, but he doesn't look at it at the moment because that's not enjoyable to him. So he looks at the process and working out where he can do better. I think, again, I think sometimes if you kind of talk to a lot of negative people, I'm thinking about some of my group chats, some WhatsApp, and, you know, the people you see on Twitter, and you hear that constant negativity, it gets you a bit, you know, demoralised in terms of the game. For me, I'm quite a positive. I know that I've had an awful start, but I know I'm a fairly decent player. So I back myself that over the course of the season, I'm going to get more things right than I than I do wrong. And like you say, I'm, I'm looking forward to the, for the next few weeks, having a think, who can I perhaps bring in? As you say, not a differential for the sake of it, but somebody who might pick up before the the uh, bandwagon get on them. So yeah, I think you just got to not be too not surround yourself. <laughs> Negative, you know, negative uh, people and, and people who've got, who are who are getting a bit demoralised with the game themselves. Yeah, great. Get yourself a nice uh, shed to live in solitude, sit in it, and avoid <laughs> yeah, yeah. avoid the outside world. Hmm. Um, okay, well, let's move on. Now, at this point, we had been doing the guest opinion, Iceman argues feature, but due to feedback, slated, uh, we're we're going to can that feedback voice, didn't it? I don't know what that was. Yeah. Yeah, so many of you felt that we generally debate on the podcast anyway, so the Iceman um, having a set time yeah, wasn't really necessary. Um, however, if you miss it from this episode, let us know and we can always bring it back. Yeah, yeah so uh, well, let's move on to some more general questions. <laughs> Iceman uh, feeling a bit of negativity there, I think. I'm hurt, um, I'm, hurt. I'm crying. That's what get these negative people again, Iceman. Yeah, you've got to get, get them out of your life. <laughs> Stay positive, everyone. Come on. Well, here's a positive. Glass is uh, half full. Here's a man that's uh, always positive. Uh, Mad Hatter. Does Cho have to go, yo? Will he be a no-show, or can he grow to be the chosen one, bro? <laughs> I think he wants to know if we should pick Callum Hudson-Odoi or not. Yeah. Don't ask me about Callum Hudson-Odoi. Go on. How did you bring him in? Well, I want to ask you about yeah. him now. That's. Uh... Yeah. I bought him in this week, and... Uh... I was really feeling quite good about it because I actually rate Hudson Odoi as a player. Yeah. And, uh, when he was benched, I thought that's annoying. And then obviously that VAR overturn and then him getting booked, rub salt into the wounds. But I actually think, you know, he is capable of getting points, but those wingers are going to get rotated, aren't they? They've got Pulisic, they've got William, 
And now I'm thinking, yeah, he will get points, but I think I've hopped on him at the wrong time, to be honest. But what do, what do you boys think? It is hard, especially with Lampard did say that he seems to be quite an honest manager, Lampard, actually. I quite like that about him. He he tells it how it is. And he just said that I think I'll be giving Pulisic a chance next game. He did. Pulisic grabbed up with both hands and got the hat trick. Perfect hat trick was really good display. So you do doubt whether or not he's going to get a game next game, Hudson Adoy, but he, yeah, when he does play, he does look very good. It's very hopeful for England as well. I do really like him as a player, as you said. But I suppose you could you could look at the likes of William and then say that he might not play either. But I almost think because he's got the experience and maybe Lampard wants that in the team, he'll probably start him nearly every every game. On oh, how many games has he started so far? He started six so far this season. Oh well, so six, doesn't he? I'm just yeah. looking for William, and I, I know. Somebody jumped on him four weeks ago, and they were really good uh, horsemen, weren't they? Sort of ten point, a twelve pointer. Yeah, in fact, James York from the uh, Stats One Pod told me that he brought him into his team last week, and he got twelve points for him. People are picking him up, and could be worth a shot. He's a bit of a differential, which not a lot of people are talking about. Obviously, two percent, William. Yeah. Obviously, Mount is the one which a lot of people have gone for because he, he seems to still be scoring. I just don't think you should come off Mount to to go him. I think that there's just as many points in Mount than there is in the likes of William. And Pulisic and Hudson-Odoi, it's just difficult now, isn't it? You can't be sure whether or not they're going to play. And do you take that risk for someone around that price? No, I, I don't like it. I, I don't like it either, but I haven't, as I said, Hudson-Odoi... You know, I'm not going to waste a transfer getting rid of him after one week. But for me, Pulisic getting that hat trick has has made him a, a poor, a poor short to midterm choice. Yeah, pointless stat which I saw online. Uh, Pulisic has as many Premier League hat tricks as Dennis Bergkamp and Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh wow! I actually rate Pulisic. I think he's, I think he's absolutely. Yeah, he's good. Okay, and uh, Callum J, nice film reference here. Is David Silva the crouching starter, hidden forward of our Man City dreams? He plays so advanced the majority of the game, uh, very centrally too. So, David Silva, does he, is he enamoured to either of you? Yeah, I like Silva. Uh, I think I've, I read somewhere as well, kind of the average, you know, positional stats. And KDB had dropped a bit deeper because Rodri wasn't playing. So, I yeah. think Silva, I've already got three City players. So, for me, it's not on the cards at the moment. But, yeah, I like Silva over the next, next few weeks, I think... Uh, I think he's really nice in that. 7.7, that's that's nice value for me. He doesn't seem to play the cup games either or Champions yeah. League. So he's yeah. kind of held for those Premier League games. Looking at his points so far this season, he is one, two, eighth at the moment. So he is racking up the points and he's got the most double-digit hauls out of all the City players, I think. Just need to be wary that... He could get benched, he could be rotated, you know, playing the pep roulette game, which you just got to keep guessing. I just think the sure starters are KDB and Sterling for me. That's why I'm, I'm more of a safe manager. If you're more of a gutsy manager, want to go for something different, then yes, yeah, Silver could be potential for continued points. Yeah, that, that leads us nicely into uh, Ben S's question. So City's attacking stats through the roof. Do we need three City attackers? If so, who are the three? And therefore, is a City defender a waste of space given their shaky, changeable defence at the moment? Jamie, wh- where do you on uh, three City attackers? It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because I'm going to jump off Aguero after this week. I don't think with Jesus and Aguero being rotated, I'd, I'd have a City striker for the next few games. So then, are you going to have three City midfielders? Probably not. Uh, so for me, it will probably be two out of Sterling, KDB and, and, and Silva um, over the next few games. And then whether you want to go for, for a defender. But again, that's looking a bit shaky at the moment with all the all the injuries. I know I've got Otamendi and I've got a, a problem of, uh, you know, I might hang on for, for one more week. But not three City attackers, I don't think at the moment with the strikers getting rotated. Now, I think after this game, the fixtures are difficult. I mean, I suppose with City, any fixture is not really a tough fixture for them. But after this game, it's Liverpool, Chelsea. Oh, sorry? Have they got Chelsea and Liverpool coming up, City? Yeah, so they've got Liverpool, Chelsea, Newcastle away. So probably not an easy game. They're quite short at the back. Burnley again away, so short at the back. Then Man United and Arsenal, then Leicester and Wolves away again. So the next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 
eight games are difficult for them. Probably going to be the hardest time of the season for them. So maybe it is a potential to, to move away from one of them instead. But knowing them, how good they are, how good their stats are, I'm not probably going to move away. I'm just going to keep the players which I think are going to start most games. That's probably why I won't go near David Silva because I just know De Bruyne and Sterling, you know, they should be starting most games. Yeah, I think that's a nice view on City. Uh, the Hitman wants to know: Would you like uh, would like to hear? Sorry, your thoughts on goalkeepers in general? Who is the best option at five point five million and under? So the Hitman looking to make a bit of a saving there on keepers. Jamie, what's your current keeper rotation? Is there anyone you, you wish was in that rotation? I've got Hope and Heaton, and I've been on those for quite a while. Not really hauling as much as I uh, would have hoped, uh, and Pope's been particularly uh, leaky of late, hasn't he? Burnley haven't been keeping many clean seats. 5.5 or below. I mean, I guess you could look, couldn't you, at somebody like Schmeichel, uh, depending on you. We talked about Leicester players earlier. 5.1, I think he'll keep a a fair amount of of clean seats. Apart from that, Henderson's good value, isn't he? Uh, Sheffield United have got some tricky games coming up, but I quite like him. Um, But yeah, I'm not... If I, I've got other priorities at the moment, but I'm not loving my Pope heat and combo at the moment. It's not got me as many points as I as I thought it would. Billy, are you going to shout your Ramsdale from the other week? No, I'll stay quiet. <laughs> no. I, I I did think that Bournemouth had some potential for clean sheets of Ramsdale, and there he's doing the business at the moment. Really decent, cheap option. You've also got, haven't you, um, Roberto, the West Ham keeper? Uh, I mean, Fabianski's out for a while. He's actually been playing all right. Yeah, he's actually but he's a good shot stopper, isn't he? He looks a bit kind of flaky in terms of c- coming for the ball from crosses, etc. But he'll get you some save points. 4.4. They've got some hard fixtures on the horizon, but the next two don't look too bad. I just um, wouldn't trust their defence. No, so. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'm just kind of thinking outside the box a little bit. But I quite like uh, I quite like I quite like Smichael. I quite like the Leicester defence over the next five or six games. I think the, the the player that you should go for underneath that bracket, someone who is eventually going to lose his place because eventually uh, his uh, first team keeper will come back. But he conceded two goals at the weekend and ended up scoring eight points. He got 12 saves and three bonus. It's Paolo Gezeniger and he is only at 4.4, playing for a side which do know how to defend. No matter how much of a rut you think the Spurs are in, they are always capable of playing well. They've got Everton, Sheffield United, West Ham, Bournemouth next. Potential for at least two clean sheets there. I can see him being a good option. If I was on wildcard, he'd probably be the guy that I would bring in and then probably be the guy that I take out on my second wildcard. So by the time Luis is back, which you know, is going to be a long time yet, I think you, you can get a fair amount of points from him. I just think he is probably the, the best option for, for keepers at the moment. There's no one really lighting up the sky for keepers for me. You know, Pope is the one which I thought would be a great keeper to the end of the season. He's not been doing well recently with, with Burnley. Ryan, probably at the start of the season, if you had him, probably season keeper all the way through. He seems to get continuous save points. Yeah, Henderson, again, probably another shout. But yeah, Gazaniga for me, I think if you're just going for a cheap keeper, which you're going to expect some points from, I'd probably go him. Yeah, good shout. So Alan Duffin has asked, is this uh, Pope's time up? Uh, Burnley's defence has a lot more holes than a pebble beach. Good comparison. Is it time to get rid of Pope? I think they've got some pretty decent fixtures now, Burnley. I'm kind of hoping that he's going to stay as he is. I'm I'm not really touching him. He's staying in my team. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, mate. I've stuck with him all this time. They've got some fairly decent fixtures coming up. You know, there's, there's people in that price bracket who may do a little bit better, may do a little bit worse, but... He's certainly not in my priority to, to get rid of at the moment. I think he's probably due a clean sheet or two, isn't he? Shout out to Alan Duffin, uh, Moolah Legends as well. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I think with Pope, if you've really got him, it doesn't make sense to jump, jump off him with the fixtures that are coming up at the moment. Yeah, I think that's a good shout on Pope. That's my thoughts as well. I'm going to be keeping hold of him. Um, FPL Oakwell. So, talk about Orba, please. I've owned him for three three weeks I know uh, but with depleted Wolves defence upcoming and excellent fixtures it doesn't seem right to come off yet but then again something does seem wrong 
at Arsenal. Cough, Granite Xhaka. <laughs> uh, hashtag up the pod. FPL, I didn't say that. That's my edition. But uh, Iceman, I know you've been a fan of Orba this season. Yeah, I brought him in uh, in replace of Salah. I think that I'm still winning on that account. But Arsenal, they do have some reasonable fixtures still. You know, they've got Southampton at home and then Norwich away in a few weeks' time. So... You were hopeful in that. Aubameyang is now playing on the left flank to accommodate Lacazette. Only two shots in the last game though, so uh, only one penalty area touch as well. And only one attempt against Sheffield United, which I watched in the director's box clang. Uh, I do not like having Aubameyang in my team at the moment with Arsenal the, the way they are. But he is one of these players that can deliver even though a team are playing badly. So until three game weeks ago he was returning every game and that's kind of why I brought him in for the consistency. You know he's blanked for three game weeks now. I don't automatically think that he's going to blank again. I kind of almost think the opposite that he is due. The way that Arsenal are at the moment you know, it's so easy to remove him from your team. I mean Xhaka storming off mean he should probably lose his captaincy. Emery was asked in his press conference today. Yeah, Emery said uh, we need to do a step-by-step as a human, as a player. And when asked if he's going to remain captain, he kind of bypassed that question. So this probably means that he might lose it. So maybe the captaincy is going to be passed on to Aubameyang. And maybe that will give him more impetus to get involved more in the game. Also, you know, even looking at this week, Bolly's out for Wolves, so that can't be a good thing for them. So it does make me want to hold Aubameyang as well. I mean, like, I do have other fires as well in my team. So I feel like holding on to him might be okay to do for me. So I might be holding him because Arsenal at home against Wolves, Wolves with Bolly out, a couple of other players are still out. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to hold him this week, I think. Jamie, do you have any strong views on Obama Yang? Yeah, I was just going to do my Emery good evening as well. Absolutely. <laughs> but, um, there's something, I mean, I'm an Arsenal supporter. There's something big time wrong there at the moment. And I think this Xhaka situation is uh, going to, you know, turn it up a notch as well. I don't think Emery's been particularly strong with the way that he's dealt with that. And I think it's a divided dressing room at the moment now. That doesn't necessarily mean that Aubameyang can't still score goals. Uh, and I think Wolves at the weekend, I think he might actually be due. Um, long term, I think there's better options in that price bracket than Alba. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of his as well. But... Uh, there's serious problems at Arsenal, and I don't think they're going to be solved over the next few weeks. I think uh, they're they're going to be solved possibly by uh, Emery. Emery, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. There is a massive problem at Arsenal. You can see it in the fan base, and it's all yeah. We're not doing very well at the moment, but. If you're a bit of a gambler, if you're a gambler of the world that think that Arsenal can kind of turn this around, maybe Lacazette as a central striker might be tempting for you. He did get the eight touches in the box to Aubameyang's one, five attempts to Aubameyang's two. The price saving is pretty big there and he was very consistent last year. I proved that through the stats that I found out that he was just towards the end of last season continuously returning. Yeah, if you're going to put a punt out there, maybe he's one, but I, I wouldn't actually buy any Arsenal, any Arsenal at the moment and Aubameyang, I am looking to remove out of my team as well. Okay, what well, this will be interesting. Aberfeldy, whether, um, what can we expect from Southampton after the 9 0 humiliation. Mm, more uh, humiliation? Or more of the same? Yeah. Well, I think we could probably see. We, we, we had a preview tonight, didn't we? Because they played City in the Carabao Cup. I don't think we're going to see another result like that, but I could quite easily see a 4 or 5 0 at the weekends. And I think Southampton, you know, said about Arsenal, I think it's a similar situation. It does, that's not a problem that's going to be solved in the next two or three weeks. So. I definitely wouldn't be bringing in any Southampton players. Yeah. I'd expect a 4-5-0 from City at the weekend. We're not going to see another 9-0, but I'd expect them to score 4-5 at the weekend. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd say I agree with that. I don't think it looks good for Saints at the moment. Okay, so we've got a number of other questions. Um, we've got quite a lot of podcasts here, and we're going to jump straight to Kevin Sears' question. So, fellas, if you were wildcarding, when would you do it, and what would your team look like? So, Jamie, who would you... I think we, we're not going to compile a wildcard team we've yeah. got a pod long enough for that but who would you have in your team which would be definitely in your wildcard team if you're wildcarding now 
Yeah, I mean, one we talked about earlier, Jamie Vardy would be a would be a guarantee for me. Yeah. And somebody who I don't have, who I kind of jumped off at the wrong. I think Sterling's got to be in there. I think um, he's getting the minutes, isn't he, for City, and he's he's a really good captain's option every week. Um, I have Mane, and I actually really like Mane. If I was picking a wild card team, I'd have him in now. I think you've got to have Alexander Arnold. And I'd probably have Martial as well. So they'd, they'd be five or six that I'd be looking at. The only two which I think you're missing there is probably KDB. I'll probably have him. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, if you're not going Mane, I'd probably go Salah. Uh, mm. Not that much difference in price now. Yeah. And yeah, on KDB, sorry, yeah, I would have had it. I would have him. Yeah. yeah, not much difference in price now, Salah. So and he's got more options, more avenues of points for me. I think in terms of penalties and assists, and I'd, I'd probably fit in at the moment Abraham just at that price. With the stats that he's producing, I know he's not been performing lately. Uh, he got the assist in the last game and not been scoring in the last five, but he, I do think that he would be in my wildcard team as well. When to wildcard? Well, I've got my wildcard at the moment, Kevin, and I have no idea when I'm going to play it. I'll probably be around the uh, game week 18 time, unless I need to play it like within the next week. I did think about it for this week because a few changes I could have done. About four, I've got Aubameyang, who are potentially always going to move. Yeah, I've got the likes of Wilson, Campwell and Luca Dean, who potentially I'm, I might move, but I think I'm keeping Aubameyang and Dean at the moment. So just going to make the two. But uh, yeah, I'm not actually, I'm not too sure when to walk off. Mine's uh, been uh, pissed, uh, pissed up the wall a while. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why you and are where you are. Be <laughs> well as well. So yeah. And uh, after all of that, that takes us to the Iceman's piss break. Thank you very much. Be right back. The Iceman's back. Now, unfortunately, I've had connection problems, so I'm going to move the hosting to the Iceman. Thank you very much, mate, and uh, sorry about your connection problems. So, we're just going to talk about our partners. So, we've got Mikhail Topvan's algorithm. He is saying that the best single transfer moves for me for this week is either Wilson to Puki or Bamiang to Puki or Mount to Marshall. Or a double transfer alternative would be Aubameyang to Puki and Campwell to Marshall, uh, which I have looked at the Marshall option myself. Uh, I think I will be bringing him in, but I don't think that I'm going to be bringing in Puki. But we'll come to that on uh, transfers and captains. Uh, if you want to subscribe to his Patreon, it's patreon.com forward slash transfer algorithm. Um, we also are partnered with Fancy Football Hub. We have been given an exclusive sign up offer at Surgery 10. If you want to go to fancyfootballhub.co.uk, you can sign up there for 10% off and we are also partnered with FPL Doodles at FPL Doodles on Twitter. Right, transfers and captains. Right, Billy, I'm going to come back to you on this and see if we can get uh, as much out of you as we can with yep. your bad signal. So give us your transfers and captains for this week. Uh, depending on Salah's situation, Tillemans is going to be coming in for me nice. and the uh, skipper will be Sterling. Sterling, yeah. He has had a break tonight, uh, not even in the squad for tonight's cup game. So, yeah, uh, I totally understand that. We've also got a question here from FPL Vader at FPL Vader. Considering Sterling and Vardy's captaincy potential, is Firmino a viable alternative to Mana and Salah? Jamie, do you want to answer that question before you give us your transfers and captains? Yeah, sure. I like Firmino as a player. I think he's absolutely brilliant. But Mane and Salah are still ahead of me in the FPL pecking order to, to Firmino. He, his, his FPL points don't always reflect his contribution to, to the game. And yeah, I, I think I, Mane and Salah for me still are, still above Firmino. But yeah, if you get is. Firmino at the right time, you could get two or three really good weeks out of him. Quality. Yeah. But those two ahead of him for me, I think. Yeah, agree. Two, 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 two in the last four. So, yeah, nowhere near for me. Um, and your transfers and captains for this week? No transfers this week, boys. I'm, I'm holding on to them because I've got uh, a couple of things in the pipeline. Callum Wilson, who's really been pissing me off lately, is going to have <laughs> one more week because I just think Bournemouth have got to be due to score this week. I know they've got United. So, I'm, I'm holding on this week. I'm playing safe. 
safe-ish. KDB captain for me this week because I don't have Sterling. I think Sterling is the standout captain beat, uh, captain pick, sorry, captain beat. <laughs> but, 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 um, KDB captain for me this week. Good England, yeah, good England. Um, right, so <laughs> my transfers this week, I've looked at multiple changes. My problem areas, as I mentioned, Aubameyang, Luca Dean, Wilson and Campwell. Uh, I could wildcard, but I think I could do worse than Aubameyang at home. And Luca Dean for Everton, who they conceded three goals at the weekend, but... They conceded two goals from set pieces, one from a free kick, which uh, Howler from Pickford, and a penalty, which I'm sorry, Jamie, but it shouldn't have been. And an unlucky own goal, which he scored. But at the moment, I'm thinking Wilson and Campwell to Connolly and Marshall. And I'm hesitant on the Connolly one here because Trossard is now back and he played well and he could potentially be in line for a start for the Norwich game but because Connolly's a good bench option for me um, and could start some games I feel like if he just gets a start for this Norwich game who are terrible he could get some points from it granted as well in the last game he he got his points very flukily like from two fouls really so I'm not Overly hopeful, but against Norwich, I'm semi-hopeful. Yeah, the captain is uh, 100% on Sterling. I don't think that there's anything that's going to change my mind unless there's some news that comes out midweek. Right, before we leave you, let's go through the FPL Surgery Patreon League. The monthly winner for October is James Yong. So please send me your address. Well done. You have come top for October. Prize will be on its way to you. The overall standings for the Patreon League is currently in third place. Flapjack is currently in third. Uh, Tim Regan Morris, our friend from the Isle of Wight, is currently in second. So well done, Tim. You are having a stormer at the moment. Silas Bartlett is top, so well done to him. And now for the FPL Surgery Podcast publicly, the code is CCCJK2. In 10th spot is Christian Bridal. In 9th spot is Michael Stephen. 8th is Oivin Booners. In 7th place is Mike Butcher. 6th is Will Kellett. 5th is Christina Hogseth. Fourth is Kevin Allen. Nice, easy name. Third is Tony Horn. Second is Ivan O'Toole. And first is Rui de Oliveira. Yeah. You sounded like Paul Merson, though, with those names. Nailed it, mate. So uh, they scored 93 points this week. So well done to them. Right, we're going to move on to uh, guest top three picks this week and top three differentials. So, Jamie, who are your top three picks for this week? My top three picks for this week. Ricarlison, I think, is a really uh, good... I think he scored tonight, didn't he, in the Carabao. And uh, I've I've watched a lot of Everton lately. And uh, I just think he could be due a really big call. He's been playing quite well. Um, Vardy we talked about several times and Tammy Abraham I know he's not scored massively over the last five games but Watford looks like a plum fixture doesn't it so uh, yeah. for me they're my top three picks for this week yeah totally good picks for me and uh, Richarlson you put a K in there for some reason uh, Richarlson actually starting up front for Everton so yeah I really like that one and your uh, three differentials uh, I've looked at uh, Pulisic, you know, bang in form, lovely fixture, you know, everything going in his favour. Really rate him as a player. Martial, we talked about earlier. I think uh, I think he'll be good for this week. And I, I really like Ben Chilwell. I think um, superb player and, uh, you know, starting to catch Pereira up on the assist. So, And his, his ownership is actually a lot lower than I thought it was. So, yeah, they're my, they're my three differentials of type this week. Yeah, I like them. They're all good picks for me. Yep. Okay, so moving to the feedback box. So we've got James York from the Stats Bomb podcast. He has put credit where it's due for me. And he said, I'm a good dude and managed to get a Premier League club owner, Sheffield United's Prince Abdullah bin Mossad, to talk FPL on the podcast. And he said it was a fun listen. So yeah, that is still live, by the way, guys. So if you want to listen to that, it's quite interesting to hear what a club owner has got to say. We do not have any sexy thoughts for this week. He doesn't seem to have posted to me. Next week's guest, we do have Alex Ball and uh, Ron Frosk, who is from our Patreon. He will be coming on as a guest because he is now pledging at the highest tier. Jamie, just want to thank you for coming on. Appreciate your time. 
Always a pleasure, boys. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. You've been great as usual. Definitely get you on again at some point. Thank you. And Bully, thanks for hosting and having a terrible internet. It's been a joy. Managed to to squeeze that one in, didn't he? So if you like what you've heard today and would like to support the podcast, please do so at patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery. Please join the FPL Surgery Podcast League. The code is CCCJK2. Check out our website, fplsurgery.com. Find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit, Twitter, at FPL Surgery. Subscribe to us, iTunes, rate the podcast, because we need more ratings to get us up those rankings. So every rating brings us up and gets us more listeners, which we really appreciate. And uh, if you want to email me, info at FPL plsurgery.com so good luck in your game weeks everyone and i hope your arrows are green and up the pod say up the pod okay do you want to run me in again yeah just say it up the pods Right, we're just going to do Alexis Afterthoughts. Okay. Um, from Darren. Alexa, furnish us with your knowledge. Well, Mad Hatter, what a week of football, or lack of it, if you're a Saints fan. Pep continues to rotate more than a fat lass on a waltzer, and United won away. Shocking. Another low-scoring week for most of us, some of it down to captains not doing the business, and some of it due to the fact that VAR couldn't sort out a hunger strike at a fashion show. My tips for the next game week are to bring in Perez, as he'll be full of confidence after that hat-trick, and Captain Sterling, cause, you know, he's playing Southampton. Anyway, I'm off to study your family tree Mount Hatter, or is it a cactus, cause everybody on it is a prick. Yeah, well, Google called and they want their, you know, Amazon are better than Google. Oh, f*** off. Uh, let's go through our mini league. So, first of all, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's funny though it's funny because it's painful and I'm sure yeah you do okay you you take it from here mate yeah 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 